Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. 1 Corinthians 7.31 today, and I trust that my spirit will translate to you. I feel very strong about this message today, and I want to preach to you for a little while about fashioned for eternity. In the scripture, it says, 1 Corinthians 7.31, that last section says, For the fashion of this world passeth away. For the fashion of this world passeth away. Now, I'm getting old enough to where I can't even keep up with the fashions nowadays, amen? But this doesn't say the fashions of clothing. It says the fashions of this whole world pass away. How many know it came to pass? Amen. It's not going to be here for long. First John 2 and verse 17, if you'd go there with me, 2 and verse 17. If you have your finger in your Bible, you can flip over. First John 2 and 17, it is on the screen. And the world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth what? He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I don't want things fashioned in my life that pass away. I don't want trends and in, in the society's culture to define my life and their labels to put on my life uh, be the thing that I'm driven by. Because all of that, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, is going to fa- pass away. But John says... That he who does the will of God is going to abide forever. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're asking you to do a, a work in our hearts today, God. If you would just be the surgeon and specifically sneak past anything that is already coming to you and is already submitted to you in our lives. But would you allow us today, as, as you do surgery, Lord Jesus, be specific about the areas that you target in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. So today, uh, I, I received some very difficult news of a friend who passed away. And as I was pondering, you know, the celebration of today and this opening service and everything that was going on, I, I realized that, that things are so fleeting, that the Bible even says that life is a vapor, amen? It's quickly here today, gone tomorrow. And as I'm now 40, I look back and, and I, I'm thinking about standing on the precipice of a mountain's edge strapped into a snowboard thinking, man, life is awesome at, at 18 years of age. And I, I had no thought of tomorrow. And, and really, I, I just was living because everything was taken care of. And I, I lived at home and there were no bills and there were no worries and there were no desires to get done with something or out of something. I wasn't in college yet. I was just finishing high school and life was good amen someone say life was good but as you grow older and and as you realize and you get a little bit maybe even wiser you start to understand that there are some things that aren't really worth 
chasing, amen, that aren't really worth going after. And the zest of young men and the zest of young women and the desire and the passions and the pursuits of our life seem so important when we're 18 and 20. I, I, I just wanted to get that next thing. And I just, I just wanted to be able to clear that one jump. And I just wanted to be able to ride into the night with some friends on dirt bikes and four-wheelers. And I, I just thought that was the thing. Or go, going fishing late into the evening and catching that big I just that my goals were so limited in scope but then as I've gone through life now and I get older and I'm driving here today and I find out a life of my good friend is just gone like that last night he he went to be with the Lord he went into eternity and I and, and while I'm driving here I'm thinking Lord don't ever let me get wrapped up in pursuits in personal life and in my public life that are fleeting don't ever let me find a place in my life where I'm spending all of my time time chasing down something that when I get it and when I get there and I accomplish it, the, the desire and the satisfaction is just not what was sold to be, amen? There's a lot of billboards in life and a lot of signs and a lot of things that are set up that want us to chase things that can never satisfy, but I'm asking today that if somewhere in our hearts we'd get a hold of the eternal, amen? We'd get a hold of the things that cannot be shaken and cannot rust and cannot be destroyed, the things of God that last forever. So I'm preaching for a little while today about what God does and how he honors us if we find eternal things in our life. It, it blew my mind as I was looking through scripture in 1 Kings 7 and 21, and don't go there, but 2 Chronicles 3 and 17, and the study that I put in as they built a couple pillars for the for Solomon's temple and these pillars they sought out somebody that was crafty and skilled and and this person was so skilled he he was all that in a bag of chips they found him in a tribe uh, and, and in this tribe where he lived, you have to understand biblical history. They were all broken up into tribes. And, and in the tribe that they found him, he was literally gifted across the board. And he was able to do amazing work with metal. And, and, and so what they did is they built these pillars. And I have examples of pillars here. But the pillars that they built were made of molten metal and different things. And there was tapestry and works on the top of the pillars. And in order for me to even share this sermon... I had to overstudy for this particular section, and I would bore you to death if I gave you all the details of the pillars. But, but on the top of the pillars, the pillars literally stood, they used the, they used the term cubits in Scripture, and, and it works out to be about 18 inches in our particular, um, our particular measurement system. But there's all kinds of cubits in the Scripture. There's, there's holy cubits, there's Hebrew cubits, there's Egyptian cubits. It's a mess, okay? You just don't even want to get into it. But I, I took the time to figure it out for you. Say thank you, Pastor. Uh, so what happens when you look at the scripture and you measure out exactly what it's talking about, this gentleman that they found on the tribe of Naphtali came in and began to build these beautiful pillars that stood at the entrance of Solomon's temple. And if you know anything about Solomon's temple, people traveled from all over the lands to see the beauty and the splendor. And David spent an entire life building up the resources just to build the temple. Everyone say, wow. That is some serious planning and strategic 
uh, desire to get the temple built, but David was a man of war, and he had blood on his hands, and God said, you're not going to build my temple, but your son Solomon will, and so he gave all of the things to him, and they, they sourced out different planes, and they went to different places and different cities, and they bought things for the temple, and, and so now you see this one guy that is found, and he's brought in, and he starts to build these huge column pillars, and the Bible says that they were literally almost four stories tall at the entrance of Solomon's temple. And they did artwork at the top, and, and this has some sort of artwork on it. I don't know, if you, don't know if you can see this very well, but I'll try to take it off here. But this, this artwork that they did at the top, this was, this was only something that a person, if they were able to get up there, could see. But they did fine artwork in the, in the top of the pillars, and, and, and you, would, you wouldn't think anything of that except for the fact that it was dedicated to God, and, and when they dedicate something to God, they were okay with men not seeing it. Hello, somebody. They were okay with a secret thing in a secret place. And we were singing about, take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place. And my sermon was flooding in because I realized that that, that artwork that's nearly four stories tall, and these aren't people that have the ability just to get on a cherry picker and go up and check out all the neat and ornate and careful and specific and very fine artwork that was put in to the pillar art at the top. But what they did in the scriptures was they realized that if it was for God, that anything that was done for God need to be done well. Amen? Anything done for God need to be fashioned with excellence. And I got to thinking, why would they put in so much time for something that would be destroyed? And God honored them. God honored them, and God honored the work of their hands. And the reason why God honored the work of their hands is because they recognized if God was working with his hands in my life, then I want to return some work with my hands to him. And we have to realize that the work of our hands, thank you, brother, is not just, even though it could be temporary, like the pillars. Those pillars were gone. When I read to you in 1 John 2 and 17, John's an old, he's an old man. And everything he chased when he was young is gone. Jerusalem is destroyed. Everything he desired, everything he wanted for the church is gone. But even in that, and Solomon Temple is no longer but even in that, God still honored them when they worked on something temporary because they did it as unto the Lord. And everything we do can sometimes seem so temporary, amen? When we're going to our job, it just seems like the same cycle over and over again. Like we get up on Monday, get up on Tuesday, try to hit work at 7 a.m. or, or whatever time you get to work and, and be there and be ready and be on the job and try not to be too tired, amen, to get the job done. And, and we get home at night and just come in 5, 6 o'clock, whatever time you get off, and you just want to put your feet up because you're so tired and your feet are hurting. But you know what? You, you know it's all going to start over again tomorrow at 6 a.m. And, and you no, you got to do it again. But while we're sitting there and we're spending time literally focusing on the temporary, the Bible says that the work that we do is not to ourselves. When we're bought with a price as we are, oh, thank you, Jesus. When he died for us on the cross, he made our temporary work eternal work. Because when I go to a job, I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for Jesus now. And everything I do is as unto the Lord. So I tell you, 
say, oh, I feel like preaching. Can I preach today in the house of God? I want to tell you that the works of man's hands in this house this week may seem temporary. And when I walked in this building for the first time, God told me, don't get comfortable here because we're going to fill it and we're going to move. Amen? So God knows we're only using this space for a little bit of time. But even though this place is temporary, God knows and he honors our work on something temporary. We're working on the pillars right now. We're establishing a pillar in this community of truth and Jesus name baptism and Holy Ghost infilling. And while we're establishing something that is temporary in a building, we're establishing something eternal in a doctrine of salvation. And while we're sitting here working and, I, and I'm watching people running rollers on the walls and I'm watching people vacuum floors and I'm cleaning up and, and we're moving chairs so Betty can clean the floors. And I'm standing there going, God, it's just carpet. It's just walls. It's all going to come down someday because this world is going to burn up with fire. And we know it's so temporary. And I said, God, but you see it. And you got a different reward schedule than us just putting things on the walls. And, and you have touched our life with your hands, oh God. And you fashioned us so beautifully that even though we're working on our job, we're being an eternal example of Jesus Christ. And even though we're going day to day and we come home and we're just putting gas in the car so we can get to work tomorrow, that person on the other side of the palm notices the light of Jesus Christ in us and asks us a question. And I'm standing at the teller this week and some guy sees my badge and he asks me, hey, what's that about? I see a cross and I get an example to share God with him. I'm telling you while we're doing the temporary, God's doing the eternal in us. Amen. And we are fashioned for eternity. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you begin living eternity now. In this temporary world, paint didn't cover these walls by people that don't care about you. <laughs> I'm telling you, they know that God worked in their life. And these walls got colored because of worship. Everything you do is worship. It's temporary walls and temporary paint, but they were doing it because they're like, somebody's going to come here and somebody's going to enjoy this and they're going to love the beautiful colors and they're going to love the place of worship. And no, my arm's tired, but I'm just going to keep working because even though it's temporary, there's eternal stuff coming out of this. There's something forever being fashioned right here. Oh, it's just a color. Oh, it's just a green wall. But hey, it's something eternal. Look, we're made in the image of God we're made in, in the image of something that is eternal. Only we will spend time putting ourselves into something temporary because we just want to sit back and look at it. Gorillas don't build stuff so they can sit down and stare at it. Other animals in the animal kingdom don't spend time analyzing the theories of gravity because they live under it, but they don't understand it. But we are specifically designed with eternity 
heavy pounding in our chest and desiring for eternal things. And while we work day in and day out, we can get the temporary mindset of what's it all worth and why are we even doing this and why do we go day in and day out doing the daily struggles. But I want you to know and I preach here today that your daily walk needs to be as unto the Lord. Your daily drive to church needs to be as unto the Lord. Your daily work trip needs to be as unto when you're commuting down the road, sitting next to somebody else. Turn and say, God, bless them today. I want eternity running out of my veins. I want eternity running out of these walls. I want eternity living out in my life because I'm not fashioned for today. I'm fashioned for eternity. God just wants one thing out of us, and that is to put him first. Amen. Amen. People will not know your birth date. They won't know your death date. They won't know when you started and when you came. But they will remember the impact they felt of something eternal, you know, shedding from your life, and they can reference that. There's no temple like Solomon's temple. I don't know if there ever will be one as ornate as his temple. But all of it was a temporary pursuit. The rich man in scripture, he, he came to Jesus and he was like, what should I do to be saved? And he said, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor. And he went, oh, but I have so much stuff. I have so many good things in my life. But he didn't understand that one word, one word would have changed everything for him if he would have looked at everything as temporary. If he would have saw it all as fashioned in this world, he would have realized that simply put, that if you give it to God, he gives it back to you in eternal things. Look, I, I literally have almost died three times. I don't have the reason to even know why I'm standing here breathing except for the fact that today I'm preaching the eternal word of God. You see, my life and everything that I have is simply gathered around eternal things. And the reason why God left me alive, I believe, is because he knew I had a hunger in my heart like David after the things of God. If you have a heart for God, I promise you that God has a plan for you. Ask the average baseball player who is a professional. His body only lets him play till about 38 years of age. Ask the football player which game starts right now, 12 o'clock. Green Bay Packers versus the Bears. Ask the average professional football player how long they can give themselves to that kind of excellence and their body breaks down. The longest they can play is till about the age of 32 years. Ask the normal sprinter in the Olympics how long he can run that fast and they'll tell you about 30 years of age, they're done. Your eyes get tired. You can no longer focus like you used to. Your knees get weary. Your body sags. There's all kinds of health spas around this city with all kinds of torture machines in them to try to keep you young and beautiful. You go ahead and slather pounds of aloe vera on your face. You're still going to get wrinkles, honey. Hello, somebody. The latest things and the latest fashions come and go. And, and you know, I'm preaching from my phone today because that's easier for me to build, but... 
They got me an iPad a couple years ago, and they said, you're supposed to preach from that because that's how you do it. And and now we've moved on, and you're supposed to preach from a mini iPad, and I can't even keep up anymore. I just I just preach from my phone because it makes sense to me. I know it looks a little corny, but that's how I do it because I just can't keep up. And, and I was going through fashions to look at the fashions of the world, and I looked up men's fashions. These guys are looking so suave and debonair, and they're all young men, and I'm like, I can't wear that. I can't keep up anymore with the fashion. So you know what? We give up, don't we, Charles? We just we just give up. We just like, okay, I'll put my shirt on and go to church. That's how it is. I don't even care about the fashions of this world anymore. And I want you to know that that's how we have to be because in Jesus Christ, the, the things we chase and the appetites and the zest that we have and the youth that we have all fades, amen? Health spas deteriorate and the things that we look to to roll back the years and to roll back the fat. Hello, somebody. They They all fade eventually, amen? But the things that are done for Christ will last. Hallelujah. So we must put in him. And when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he promises that if we look for him to be our way, it will be an eternal way. And if we look for him to be our truth, it'll be an eternal truth. And if we look for him to be our life, it will be an eternal life. But we spend so much time laying up our treasures, Matthew 6, 19. In places that may not ever satisfy. I I once was interested in where I was going to preach. I want you to be interested in, in, you know, I'm a human man. I I don't mean to sound too personal, but I got involved in, in, in positions in the state of Wisconsin and I was chasing after the youth presidency and there's different things I was trying to do. And yeah, maybe I never got there, but I, I want you to know I, I'm not bitter about it. I just, I just, realize that all of that is temporary. If we could just get in our lives, and I'm finishing, I promise you I'm wrapping it down. If you just focus with me for just a minute, if we just realize that in Jesus Christ, we have salvation. Everyone say salvation. We have security. Everyone say security. And in him we have satisfaction. Everyone say satisfaction. And so we find that everything we pursue will pass away. And Jesus is trying to get me to communicate to every one of you the weight of things that are passing away. The things we pursue that are never, that fill our schedule and we run after and then we can't make it to places where there are spiritual things happening. People go into gyms and spend two hours, but they can't spend five minutes in prayer. I don't mean to preach, but I mean to preach. There's people that spend time building a home and they're in their garden and they're mowing their lawn this morning. I saw them on the way here. But there's a soul inside them that longs for eternal things. And they're mowing something that's going to pass away. I know it's good to keep our stuff nice. But all your money and all your stocks and all your bonds can go up and down. And all your savings and your 401k can be gone tomorrow. But to think the things of God that are being shared with us from the eternal word today will never pass away. So I like, I thought, you know what? I'd like to put on some stickers it's to represent temporary. The artwork that it took for them to make the pillars, it took the kind of money that it would take to run this city for a year. City of Brookfield would run for a year on the amount of money it took for them to build a temporary pillar. 
I had to guesstimate because I couldn't quite make it out exactly how much it would be. But it's so crazy. But you know what God did? He said, I'll honor you for the work if you do it unto me. I'll honor you for your time if you do it under me. You know, guys, I, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but if you're spending time doing all these temporary things and you don't have time to pray and fast before you play, I mean to preach right now. What good is it if we're spending all our time just making it sound good, but we can't get on our knees and make eternity happen in this room when we begin to play? What good is it to spend all the time on making things so important when it just ends up being temporary? I mean, it's good. I, I get it. You know, there's, there's places and things we have to do, Mike. But what if it's all just temporary? Have we put our life into temporary things? Have we invested ourselves in things that, yeah, we're doing it as unto the Lord, but they're not going to be there tomorrow? I'm convinced, and I'll probably just preach on it for the next two years before the Lord comes, if he comes, that I'm not going to spend my time worrying about everything else that's temporary. Amen. I'm going to start preaching on the incoming of Jesus Christ. In fact, interesting enough, the Lord spoke to me just recently and said, if you'll preach simply Jesus, I'll fill the house. If you'll just preach Jesus, our culture's gone sideways, amen? And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if they're going to come after us or not. They've already come after Kim Davis. Yeah, and she is our sister. And yeah, I, I don't agree with every, everything that's been done, but I want you to know that I'm interested in focusing on the eternal things. If the blue was eternal, what about the preached word? What about eternal things in our life? Not the things that are temporary that pass away. Not this place, even though we need it. But what about the soul of man? The temporary things. The temporary things don't seem all that important. When we got eternal souls. We got young kids here. I know I'm crying a lot. I'm sorry. I told my wife I'm part Italian and you don't know it. We got eternal things. No, I'm not part Italian. I'm kidding. Eternal things, eternal things. Look at that. Kayla, you're eternal. Betty, you're eternal. Can I put a sticker on you? I probably should have asked permission to do this. <laughs> but I'm a little late. I'm a little late. Eternal things. Put it on your hair bun. No. Eternal things. My friend's eternal. That's why we're doing this. All this temporary stuff only makes sense if we're chasing down the eternal things in it. Would you give God a praise? Your hands. Just ask God. Lord Jesus, would you give me the eternal? Eternal things. Sister Carla's over here keeping notes because she wants to keep a hold of the eternal things that are said today. There's notes being taken on this iPad because there's eternal things in those notes. They can go back and read those a year later and it will speak something completely different to them than I'm speaking right now because the Holy Ghost is alive and the Spirit of God and the Word of God is alive and it'll teach us and it'll interact with us according to what we need. Would you stand with me today? I know I've told this story before. I hope it's not redundant for you, but 
preacher friend of mine was doing a funeral and his wife got up, had lost her husband and the wife of the deceased got up and she was standing there. She carried to the podium a whole stack of magazines under her arm and she just set them on the podium. And she held up Forbes magazine and I'll just use this temporary sign as my magazine. She held up Forbes magazine and she said, my husband was a good investor. I'm set for the rest of my life. I'll, I'll need for nothing. But I'm telling you right now, the magazine, Forbes magazine comes in and piles up next to his chair. But he's gone. And then she goes on to the next magazine and she holds up Car and Driver magazine. She said, my husband loved his vehicles. He kept them pristine he loved his cars. They're in the garage right now. His Corvette sitting there. His other fine old style car sitting there. But he's gone. And then she holds up some of the other magazines that she had. And as she walked through the magazines, the hearts of people in the room began to recognize temporary. It's all temporary. And as she got toward the end of what she wanted to say, she took his Bible and she took his prayer journal and she held it up. She said, this is my husband's Bible and this is my husband's prayer journal. And when he found out he had cancer and six months to live, all these magazines I talked about, he used to love to read. He'd come home at night and he'd sit in his lazy boy and he'd read through all the latest articles. But as they came in for the last six months, they literally just stacked up next to his chair. and He never opened them because every time he sat down, he opened the word of God and he opened his prayer journal. And he would say, honey, honey, you won't believe this. Brian, right here, Brian was paying, praying for a new job. And he got a new job today. I got the praise report. It happened. Yeah, honey, you won't believe it. Right here, it talks about Sister sister Betty having cancer. And we pray, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to use your name, Betty. It was another Betty, I think. <laughs> it obviously was. And Betty got, the, Betty got delivered from cancer. And look, here is Gretchen. She had to sell her house, and, and look, they got her house sold, and they got all of her bills paid, and all of that happened in his prayer journal, and the only thing that they wanted to talk about, and the only thing that he wanted to talk about was his Bible in his prayer journal. She said, I hate, I hate that it took my husband getting cancer for us to make the most important things the most important things. I'm reaching for your soul today. I'm not trying to pat a cake with you. I'm not giving you a cute little sermon. I'm reaching for somebody's soul. I want you, when you leave here today, to know that it's not Green Bay Packers, it's not the Bears that's most important today. It's whether the red team or the blue team wins. It's whether temporary is going to win in your life and you're going to give yourself to temporary things in this life like a job and different things like that or are you going to lay down the temporary things and go for the eternal things? Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? Only the Holy Ghost can do what's next. We're going to go into a time of communion and I want, if you would, to just search your heart right now. 
Some of you have been hearing the Holy Ghost speak to you about the temporary things in your life. And some of you have even texted me and called me and talked to me and we've had dialogue. And you said, Pastor, I just feel like I need to focus on the eternal things. And what you've been feeling is what I'm preaching today. And I'm praying that God gives you everything you need to step away from the red team and step to the blue team, the eternal. Because whether you know it or not, everything temporal is going to pass away. I'm not saying everything temporary we do is not important. But if you're not doing it for God, you'll never sense the eternal in it. You'll never find the eternal things in the temporary if you're not doing it as unto the Lord.